All right, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another special edition of Local Live here at Club Garibaldi. Well, uh, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. Another shout-out to Matt Wild for filling in for me last month. He did an awesome job, uh, but I'm happy to be here with uh, Liar's Trial tonight. That's right. It's the first day of October, also a big day for uh, sports. So thanks for joining us tonight, audience. You're in for a treat. Uh, but first, we want to let you know tonight's edition of Local Live on WMSC is supported by a donation from Club Garibaldi. Located at 2501 South Superior Street in Bayview, and Club Garibaldi offers a full bar, burgers, wings, and more, in addition to lots of live events. More info at clubgaribaldi.com, and Local Live is a production of WMSC Radio, broadcast tonight from Club Garibaldi. Please give a very warm welcome to our musical guest for tonight, Liar's Trial.
doctor gave me Just six months to live They wanna put me in a room To die with needles in my skin I grabbed my wife and said My darling, top of jet plane Someplace I want If I gotta go, home on an island Not a bed plan and a gown Cause that ain't living No, no, no That ain't living That ain't living The color Thank you all for being here tonight at Club Garibaldi and listening on WMSC 91.7. This is Local Live, we're Liars Trial. All songs that we're playing tonight are off our new album, Friends in No Places. That last song was That Ain't Living, and this is the next one called I'm Just Passing Through.
I've been dancing with some demons that'll cheer you to the bone of that Oh, good Lord, have I done? Call me a prisoner of my memory. Call me a drone. Call me a fool. My predilection trapped against me. I don't need no sad excuse. Lord, forgive me for my reverie. Awesome. <laughs> Liar's Trial, folks. If you're tuning in on the radio, that's what you're listening to on Local Live on WMSC. The, the guys just put out a new record in July. And um, But before you were Liar's Trial, you guys were pretty involved in the punk scene back in the day. Is that correct? That is true. Awesome. Uh, so what bands were you all in, and who are some of your favorite local acts that you got to play with back in the day? Back in the day? Well, um, I was in a band called Avoided for from 2008 to about 2000. I'm sorry, 2000 until 2008. Um, I was in another band called High Lonesome from 2007 to 2009. I want to say um, I'm Brian, by the way, guitar and uh, vocals. We got Andy on bass, Chris on guitar, electric guitar, and then uh, Patrick on drums. Um, Chris here was in another band called the Sea Smokers. Yeah, we can't say it on there. Um, so those are the punk bands. Um, what other bands did you guys play in? Uh, we were in Mumble Jones for about Mumble Jones. a glorious summer. <laughs> um, local bands that we played with back in the day. Um, well, in the High Lonesome days, there was 357. And I know there's Joe Huber's uh, come out of there, and he's been doing amazing stuff. Um, yeah, I'm kind of drawing a blank on the local bands that we played with back in the day. There's some great local bands that are around right now that we're pretty happy about. There's uh, J.P. Sear and the Midnight Men. Um, there's a band called the Best Westerns. They've got a guy in that band, his name is Mark Hembry, and he uh, used to play with Bill Monroe back in the day, and that's pretty amazing. And he also wow. led the Nashville Bluegrass Band back in the day, and fantastic band. They play um, uh, Bob Wills-style uh, country swing, um, western swing, I mean. And uh, there's Bruce Humph Humphreys and the Rockabilly Rebels, the Cow Ponies. So uh, those are some of the bands that are around nowadays that we're pretty excited about. So what got you into that genre in the first place? Like. Were you pretty young when you got into punk music, or was there anything else that kind of got you into music in general? 
Um, when I was a kid growing up, my mom used to play the country station. <clears throat> and so I was always listening to like Ronnie Millsap and stuff. My mom loved Johnny Rodriguez and Johnny Cash. And so that was um, the country side of things. And then um, when I was, I don't know, 13, 14, started playing punk, um, you know, listening to like TSOL and, and the Misfits and things like that. And so that's, that was the punk aspect and when I played in Avoided for a while and uh, everybody started gravitating towards bluegrass and Noah from High Lonesome asked if I could play bass for him and I said, sure, why not? So <laughs> that was the progression there. Uh, you had an album in 2016 I uh, just love the title. Songs about mama, trains, trucks, prison, and getting drunk. It's got to be one of the all-time great uh, album titles. Uh, have any of you actually been to prison, is my question. <laughs> Not so far. Jail, but no prison. So uh, which of these topics is still uh, prominent, most prominent in your lyrics? Well, the, the title of the song... So all of our, all of our records have had a tongue-in-cheek... Uh, title, a They're punny, punny title. So the first one was called Cowboys from Hell, and that was, uh, you know, a Pantera reference, uh, because at the time, you know, we were the farthest thing in our minds from Pantera. Um, second one was songs about mama, trains, trucks, prison, and getting drunk. There's a David Allen Coe song that um, I think is the third verse. Um, he says that he thought he had written the best country and western song, and um, or I'm sorry, his friend thought he had written the best country western and song, country and western song and he David Allen Coe wrote his friend back and said that it was not the best country and western song um, because it had not said anything about mama trains trucks prison or getting drunk those being uh, the essential elements okay. of the perfect country and western song so we thought it would be funny to name our album songs about mama trains trucks prison getting drunk to reference those essential elements. But the, some of those topics do come up, actually, in your songs, too, so that's <laughs> convenient. Actually, a buddy of mine tried to call me out, and I was like, oh, you've never been to prison? And I was like, well, I know. It's a joke to a song, and obviously you don't know the song, so. <laughs> if any of the audience has any questions for the band, feel free to write them on those cards on your table and deliver them on up here. Um, I'm going to let Liar's Trial. Do you guys want to do another song for us real sure. quick? All right, what are you gonna what are you gonna play next? Yeah, so this song is called "The Road I'm On," and uh, I said uh, for all the folks that are just tuning in, we released an album uh, back in July called "Friends in No Places," and so this is a song off that album. <laughs> This 
lonesome they breathe And I just conscience got me reeling And I just hearted people sing that country song I know for every other good time There's a dozen on my bed I'm just waiting around to tear my words down I'm guilty when I'm wrong I'm guilty when I'm right Yeah, I think I'm guilty Damn near all my life I'm guilty When I pack up my guitar My little girl asks Papa You gonna be gone for long I say I'll be back before you know it I see a mama who rolled her eyes She knows I am And I get to put in the song Try so hard to keep up on the wall Not the only time I see him Was lying in a coffin Talking about how I really meant to call But that's alright I'm coming out to know which road I'm on This London made me breathe And I just conscious got me really loud This hearted bitch sings that country song I know for every other good time There's a dozen on my bed I'm swaying around the world down I'm guilty when I'm wrong I'm guilty when I'm right Yeah, I've been guilty Damn near all my life But that's alright I'm coming out to know which road I'm on These lungs are made for free And I just think I'm meant to live And life was hard at big things And I'm just long I know for every other good time There's a dozen on my bed some pipes <laughs> that's awesome did you start singing at a young age or did you were you did you start singing at a young age did you always like to sing I think so there's there's tapes that my mom had that were uh, god I must have been like three or four singing like the Oak Ridge Boys and uh, the Osborne Brothers the Rocky Top song that they did and made really popular so I must have been like fairly young when I was singing but I didn't really learn how to sing until I got to my mid to late 30s. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Um, so when you were in the punk bands versus the country bands, I'm assuming you had uh, a hand in writing some lyrics. For no, not both. at all. Actually. No, I was just gonna ask you. You know, what's easier to write a, a punk lyric or a punk song or a country song, lyrically speaking? Well, it's funny because when this band started, we had a lot more punk leanings, and we, um, you know, our first two albums, especially the songs about Mama album, um, there's some, you know, punk songs on there. You know, some pretty good punk songs. Um, and I wrote a couple songs that I thought were, you know, pretty good punk songs that were going to make into these crossover country songs, and they were just pretty awful. And I don't even think I showed them to the guys, because there just wasn't, I, I, I couldn't put my, uh, my heart into those songs. Um, and I don't know if it's because of my age or experience or whatever, I just, I couldn't do it. So, um, you know, when I write the songs now, a lot of it's just, you know, they come up usually when I don't have a guitar, so usually when I'm driving or, you know, in the shower washing dishes, somewhere where I don't have a guitar and just some thought pops into my mind or I hear somebody say something and I'm like, oh, that would make a good song or I start to, you know, reminisce about something that's uh, bothering me. So that song that we just played, Road I'm On, that one's about, you know, just all the different um, ways that you can get pulled, you know, in, in uh, different directions in your life. You know, it starts off talking about, I go to work, I feel guilty. And I clock out for the day because I feel guilty and my boss wants me to stay there longer. Then um, I go to play music, but my family's sitting there saying, well, we want you to come home. Um, and then, you know, getting to the age where I got lots of friends that are starting to die and, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, well, you know, we wish that we were, you know, had called that person. They hadn't, you know, we didn't. We're all sitting around talking about that and, um, you know, regretting things that we could have done. So, um, you know, things like that. That's a good example. This last song was a good example of, um, you know, my songwriting process, just things that started to kind of weigh on my mind and um, never had a need to see a psychiatrist because I just write all my stuff into songs. <laughs> then everybody else can hear them and you guys can interpret them. It is the best therapy, isn't it, writing? Yes. Um, so I'm assuming your album title is a riff on the Garth Brooks 1990 release, Friends in Low Places. So when, when that record came out, what were your thoughts on that record? Were you a big fan? The Garth Brooks record? I think Garth Brooks ruined country music. I, I, can't, stand, I can't stand Garth Brooks. Uh, John, like, Chris, Chris here likes, likes Garth Brooks just fine. He likes Chris Gaines. Um, First <laughs> we, ever Chris Gaines reference on Local Live, I gotta say. <laughs> and Patrick likes his hair. Um, no, I think, I think his music's terrible. Um, but the reason that we, we, were, we were kicking around funny, funny album titles, the one that was right before this one was Armadillo by Morning, and that was a George Strait play on words. And uh, we were kicking around album titles, and um, you know, we've had this run of, of shows where people don't show up, and, and one of them was actually in this room. And uh, by the, we were the first band on, and by the time the um, third band had gone on, the room was full. But when we started, we were, you know, it was us and the sound guy, and it was really kind of embarrassing. And we're looking at each other like, I think this is a bad idea, guys. And uh, so we were like, well, we could call it Friends in No Places. And the covers got me looking out at an empty bar. And um, it was just kind of a commentary on playing to empty houses. Kochanski at a show. Yeah, it was, it was at a show at Kochanski's. It was actually after the show had had ended, there were actually people at that show, thank God, but uh, <laughs> it was just a, a funny way for us to make a commentary about folks not coming to shows and um, also still stay in that theme of uh, 
country music album titles. We haven't figured out what the next one's going to be, what, what album number five is going to be yet. Hopefully it's as good. There's so many options. There are a lot. Now, did you find that when you transitioned kind of away from the punk rock that a lot of your fans stuck around and uh, like made the transition with you into more straightforward country? They did when I was in High Lonesome. <laughs> um, no, not at all. Um, and that's actually why uh, one of the, the Friends in No Places references, I, I think, because we, we started out, you know, we'd play shows with Captured by Robots, um, which for everybody that doesn't know is a, um, a band with one main guy and a robot um, entourage that plays all of his, um, you know, drums and guitars and stuff like that. And it's more metal. So we played shows with Captured by Robots. We played with the Members, who's a um, 77 UK punk band, which was an awesome show. Um, but, you know, throughout all these, we were kind of the oddballs out. And we didn't really have a, I think, a vision for what we wanted the band to be, because in those couple early years, from about 2011 to 2014, we were just playing punk music that, that was, uh, you know, had a country twinge to it. And um, so then come about 2015, is you know when I started thinking like, well, man, these people you know are not following us to the shows. They're not you know coming out because I don't know if it's just our uh, you know our age group or our um, you know the music or whatever it is. So we started making things a little bit more decidedly country. Um, and my first, I think the first show that we got that that really catapulted us into what we do now is um, at Shane Call. Um, Peter that runs Shake Hall um, put me solo on a show with Billy Joe Shaver, who's one of my um, songwriting idols. And um, it was amazing, and, and it kind of uh, set the stage for everything that we do from this point forward. See, that's kind of interesting because there's a lot of, you know, crossover between um, punk and country. Like, a lot of punk artists will go on to do country albums, or if whether it's permanent or, uh, you know, just a temporary thing, but do you, do you have any, like, heroes as far as, like, punks that went country, or... It never seems to go the other way. It always seems to be... Yeah, no, it doesn't seem to go the other way. Um, not, not really. There's not a lot of people that I look up to that are... Uh, I'm just speaking for myself. There's not a lot of contemporaries that I, I look up to um, in, in that respect. A lot of what I listen to is, is you know, Chris Christopherson, Billy Joe Shaver. Um, those are my, my songwriting idols, uh, David Allen Coe. Um, you know, there's a guy out right now called, or his name is Paul Cawthon, <clears throat> and he's fantastic. He just came out with an album uh, last week, or no, two weeks ago, that's, um, it's this blend of like funk and country in, in certain songs, and it's some of the most unique stuff out there, and I, I can't get enough of it. I went and saw him at the rave um, back in April, and there was maybe 20 people there. Um, but I think he, he might be one of those guys who, uh, he seems like he started out doing a little bit heavier stuff. I know Cody Jenks did that too. He started off doing metal, and now he plays country. I think the, uh, the punk crowd needs to be a little more open-minded about you guys. <laughs> or maybe they just need to get older. Maybe that's really the... That, that could be it. Well, why don't you guys uh, play a couple more songs for us? Sure, sure. So this next song is called Walls Come Down, and for everybody that's just tuning in, we're Liars Trial, and uh, these are songs off our new albums, Friends in No Places.
But a sweet little wife that I promise If she's to burn Would be the stone And two little girls at home Need food on the table Someone to keep the house warm Had a good job living comfortably Just when we thought I see that it's about to fall I know, I know It seems alright now It's not as good It's gonna tear it all down And I know, I know The walls come down hard Waiting for the cars Patrick's behalf because he doesn't have a mic. I'm saying hi to Hazel, Winona, and Brittany. Chris, you want to say hi to anybody? Say hi, mom and dad. In case that didn't come through, Andy. My dog's at home alone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. I hope the radio's on. 
We'll play another one real quick. Uh, this next song is be called uh, Just Me and the Silence. This is uh, another one off our new album, Friends in No Places.
That's Liar's Trial on WMSC's Local Live. Of course, we are down at Club Garibaldi. Our, our, our audience is very shy with their questions. They, they have a limited amount of time to get them in to us if they want to ask the band anything pressing. But of course, we've got a few of our own left here. Um, we want to get to the new album. Uh, you told us a little bit about your, uh, your writing process. Um, as far as the lyrics go, I'm wondering if you guys had any specific direction in mind when, as far as the music, as far as the style you were going to go into, or is it something that, like, the songs kind of dictate that? Well, I know um, whenever I write a song, like, I'm, I'm typically the one that writes the songs and brings them to the guys, and then we all kind of collaborate how we're going to make them um, be a, a liar's trial song. And a lot of times, um, it, it definitely morphs. I, I, I'm sitting down thinking I'm going to write, you know, some traditional country music song, and then I bring it to the guys. And um, you know, Johnson loves a lot of, uh, you know, like he, he would love it. It was, it was Keith Richards, <laughs> um, you know, uh, and that's amazing. So then, you yeah, know, and dub reggae and surf music. yeah, he, he Pink Floyd, dub reggae, surf music. He'd love to have all those things be incorporated in, and he tries. And, and Chris and I have been playing music together for over 15 years, and so um, he's my best friend when it comes to doing that kind of stuff. And um, so, you know, he, he can influence me that way a little bit. Um, so, it um, a lot of times they come to the band with something, and you know, they're like, oh, what about this thing? What about this other thing? And, and we mess it all up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So take your sad country songs and make them in dance tunes, or funkify, or. Yeah, I had this great song. You know, it, was, it was like, you, you know, just real nice, like, sitting on the, the porch singing the song, and we turned it into a, a funk anthem. Um, but I think it sounds cool. It's, it's not recorded yet, but, uh, you know, it's just part of our, of our process. Well, Keith Richards played some good country songs from time to time. So. Um, and the thing is, too, not to cut you off, but the thing is, there's so many people that are, are you know, traditional country and going with a, a more traditional sound, and you know, we're trying to harken back to something that you know was decades ago. And so, looking at all these other folks that are, are contemporaneously doing stuff at the same time um, uh, in the genre, you know, it's nice to be able to look at our, our record, Friends in No Places, and be like, oh, you know, we incorporated some really weird stuff in here that hopefully makes it stand out from the other folks. I mean, when we were recording, you know, there were references to everything from Ronnie Millsap to Typo Negative, uh, The Cranes. Uh, what are some other obscure bands that we referenced that we were like, oh, this part would be uh, kind of cool. There's some Floyd on the record. There's King Tubby, Scratch Perry. <laughs> Scratch Perry. Right. Oh, good Lord. I'll have to listen more closely for those, uh, those <laughs> references. The typo negative should be very, very, very <laughs> no, not, It's not going to be obvious. So uh, I know a lot of country bands that, um, you know, they'll do some collaborations with other artists on stage. Have you guys ever uh, brought in any guests to, uh, to sing or play with you uh, at a show or, or on record? Yeah, and the, we had kind of oh, fun, yeah, a funny story. Like we, so it actually intersects a couple different ways. So... Billy Don Burns is a country singer, uh, songwriter, mainly a songwriter. He's written songs for Willie Nelson, Connie Smith, most recently, um, 
Culture Wall and Cody Jinx have cut a couple of his songs. And so we've been booked with him, I wanna say six or seven times. We've played with him uh, four times. Um, because the first two times we were supposed to play, the, something happened, one time there was a blizzard, and the other time his car broke down. Um, so, you know, we've, through that, been able to foster a, a cool relationship with Billy Don Burns um, and actually cut one of his songs on our, our new album. Um, but one of the shows that got canceled, um, the venue, we were down in Illinois, wanted us to still play. And so um, we played, and a lot of the folks who came to the door, realizing that Billy Don Burns wasn't playing, went home. Um, well, there just happened to oh, be this. All of them. Yeah, most all of them. of them. Yeah, most Not of them. Not some of yeah, them, yeah, all yeah, of all them. Of, we played to the bartender and the. Mm -hmm. And this one guy comes in halfway through the set, and I mean, and we're talking like a pretty long set. Um, actually, it was two sets. And he says, you know, I just got off a ship, um, I think it was a cruise ship, playing trumpet, and I just got back into town. Do you care if I go grab my trumpet? It's in the car, and I'll, uh, you know, jam with you guys. And we're like, play some country mm, trumpet. Sure, like, okay, why not? That sounds nice. And it was amazing. It was. It was, <laughs> it was so fun. Um, so we actually wanted to get him in to do something on the record. It just didn't materialize. Um, on our records, and occasionally live, we'll get in uh, Leroy Duster, who's an amazing steel, uh, lap steel and dobro player. Uh, lap, I'm sorry, lap steel, pedal steel, and um, dobro player. And uh, he's fantastic. He can do, you know, he can, he can hear a song once and um, do the take perfectly. And um, we've also collaborated with couple other friends here and there just to have them, you know, come in and put some little parts on songs. Okay. I was going to say that's the only thing you guys are missing is pedal steel, <laughs> which would sound real cool. Well, I am missing it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If we, if we could have gotten Leroy for the show, it would have been yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to know, you know, this has been in a lot of country music mm -hmm. fans' minds. Have you have you all been tuning into the Ken Burns documentary, Country Music, which has been airing on PBS? I've watched, I was just talking to somebody outside about it. Um, so since I've got three kids, I've been watching it in 15 minute increments <clears throat> while I'm doing dishes. Great. So I'm, I'm about um, 47 minutes right now <laughs> into episode four. Yeah, well, I mean, that's fair. You know, from what you guys all caught, if you did catch it, uh, who did you think, or what did you think about who was featured? And, you know, do you think, was there anything that you know, you can comment on about you know what you saw or what you kind of hoped Ken Burns would have included but didn't. Anybody else want to say anything? Oh, okay. Oh man, um, <laughs> get on yeah. it. <laughs> from the from the first you know three episodes in forty seven minutes, um, I thought he's he's done a fantastic job of um, you know taking the little time that you can have and not go into you know an insane amount of detail and and make a good comprehensive overview. Um, I've read a ton of books about country music history, and um, well, you know, it's a very broad and complex subject. It's it's like give me eight hours on jazz, and you can talk right. about everybody and still miss somebody, still miss right. important people. It's it's Ken Burns, yeah. but I'm glad he's getting it out there for people to see and to kind of understand where this music came from. I dig that he he tied in the sociocultural elements. You know, uh, he touched on DeFord Bailey. Um, and his contributions, and then you know certain things that you know were going on in racially in the South um, at the time, and how that influenced um, country music, but then also had you know certain negative impacts. Um, so I'm glad he brought some of that in there too, instead of just strictly 
focusing on you know the sound or the music, which is why he named the first uh, episode the rub. I thought that was pretty cool. So with all that stuff in mind, you know, spanning the the history, the years, the decades of country music, if you guys could all go back in time and be in any decade of country music in particular, which one would you want to like time travel to and be abandoned? I I would love to be in the '80s country because I, I was, but I would love to be playing in the '80s because there I'm the only guy in the band and one of the only people that I know, including like my family and stuff, who really loves like Alabama and Ronnie Millsap. <laughs> and I would love to have done some shows with some of those folks. What about you? Oh, the Purely musically speaking. Uh, possibly the 70s, the outlaw country stuff. Uh, I do like the modern day amenities like the internet, though, so I'm pretty happy right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd go on tour with Waylon Jennings. And then uh, that would be enough. Not even a long one either. Patrick loves modern country, he just said. I like <laughs> Patrick loves Florida Georgia Line. Yeah. <laughs> He's, Patrick's actually talking more about the modern folks that are, are doing the same thing that we're doing, they're just not, you know, Americana, I guess you'd call it. Sure. Same, Joshua Ray, Ray Walker and Morning. Yeah, Joshua Star Ray Walker, folks like that. All right. Yeah, well, uh, how about a couple more songs while sure. we uh, wind up here? Speaking of uh, so old country, um, our, our old bass player uh, quit after our third album. And when I asked him why he quit, he said he, um, he uh, couldn't play country music anymore. And so I was like, it'd be kind of funny if somebody who got you know, too lonesome to play country music anymore. So I turned around and wrote the song called Too Lonesome to Play Those Lonesome Songs Anymore or no more, and uh, took the verses of each and, and uh, pasted together different uh, little tidbits from country songs throughout the, the decades. Um, and folks have really picked up on this song. We, when we wrote it and recorded it, we were like, eh, it's okay, it's not great. Um, but since we've released it, folks are like, man, this is a, a great song. So the next song I'm gonna play is called Too Lonesome to Play Them Lonesome Songs No More. Box till I was down to my last time. Since you left, I'm still doing time. Alone here, walking the floor, and I'm too lonesome to play them lonesome songs no more. I'm going crazy for singing these lovesick blues. And I can't help it thinking maybe he's got you This ain't just heartaches by the number I'm way past troubles by 
inspired by a true story it's uh, a song called David Allen Coe put me back on the wagon and the two guys that helped me inspire the story are in the live crowd here tonight so basically um, the song's told I mean the, the story's told in the song um, but you know got backstage at a David Allen Coe show and couldn't drink for six months or eight months or so afterwards so uh, <laughs> Without further ado, this next song is called David Allen Coe, Put Me Back on the Wagon. When I woke up Sunday morning with a hound in my head After the 18th run of the bathroom load, I was wishing I was dead See the night before me and the boys see David Allen Cole. Somehow got ourselves up back at that stage just before the show. Yeah, 
WMSC's local live. Before we wrap up, we did have one audience question snuck right. in there at the end. And someone wants to know uh, your favorite Rainy Day album. We can throw that to everybody in the band. Favorite Rainy Day album? It's rainy today, as a matter it of fact. It is a rainy day album. Or a rainy day for a rainy day album. Uh, my cat, uh, the Beatles' White Album is a very good, long rainy day album. Yeah. I've been finding myself digging uh, Fleetwood Mac rumors. Oh, nice. That's a good show. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Queen's Death. He, John, uh, Chris says <laughs> All right. All right. Queen is dead. Pass. And Patrick is <laughs> passing. Well, I suppose that's acceptable. It's tough. Uh, <laughs> before we go, we want to also make mention of your upcoming show at Shank Hall, which is October 4th. You're opening up for Doug Stone. It's uh, Friday. It's <laughs> Friday. Friday, yeah, yeah. And that's like your lone show on the horizon for a little bit? That is uh, 
my wife and I just welcomed our third baby into the family, and um, thank you. And, and Patrick's is uh, coming in the next what week or two, so we had a little bit of a, a window here. But yeah, October 4th, Doug Stone at Shank Hall. Um, and that's just going to be a, a me solo show opening up. But uh, he had such hits like uh, I'd Be Better Off in a Pine Box. So it's a 90s country song. But uh, yeah, come on out if you can. Cool. And uh, where can people find the new album? Yeah, anywhere that fine music is sold. Um, except for the record oh, well, stores. Yeah, yeah online. <laughs> where music is sold online. <laughs> All right, the internet it is. The internet it is. Just Google Liar's Trial, but not Liar's Trail or Layer's Trial or any other uh, variation. Yeah. So Liar's Trial, uh, you can find us. Spelling is important. All right, well, thanks a lot, you guys, for playing for us. Hey, thank you very much. And that's going to just about wrap things up here tonight. Uh, tonight's edition of Local Live on WMSC is supported by a donation from Club Garibaldi, located at 2501 South Superior Street in Bayview. Club Garibaldi offers a full bar, burgers, wings, and more, in addition to lots of live events. More info at clubgaribaldi.com. And Local Live is produced by Aaron and myself engineered at and broadcast from Club Garibaldi by Billy Cicerelli and the Club Garibaldi staff. All video by Moleskin Productions. Thanks again to Liar's Trial and to everybody out here in the audience for a fantastic Thank show. Really Thanks a lot, it. you guys. Find upcoming guests and archives of past local live performances at wmse.org and tune in again next Tuesday at 6 p.m. for another edition of Local Live back at the studio with Credentials. That's going to wrap things up for us. Stay tuned for Midnight Radio out there in Radio Land, and uh, go Brewers. Thanks, everybody.